lifestyle wise why costa rica I, uh, besides the obvious mm. well it's, it's the why not costa rica but also <laughs> also there's actually a bit of a story to it which is really important to share um that my my in-laws loved costa rica they went here on a cruise my husband sent them to on a cruise down here they eventually snowboarded down here in 2019 mm. and we got to come visit them so it was my first trip and i love it i also minored in spanish i speak spanish i love anything latin american culture so i was here for it and uh, we got back from the trip and my father-in-law was diagnosed with pancreatic cancer. Mm. So that was the year before COVID cut to 2020. He's getting worse. And, and me and my husband decided, you know what? We're going to buy him a house in Costa Rica. We're going to, there's these new builds going up in this town. We'd never been to sight unseen. And we said, you know what? Worth it because why not? You yeah. know, he'll get to live there. We can use it after we'll Airbnb it. We'll figure it out. And it's in a great location you know, what's the risk, right? So we did that. Um, the house was supposed to be done in the fall of 2020. Uh, my father-in-law passed away over the summer. Oh, I'm so sorry. It's okay. So, and my dad passed away in 2013 from cancer as well. Wow. So my husband and I kind of looked at us, looked at ourselves and said, look, listen, both of our dads were answering work emails until the day before they died. My dad on a Blackberry probably, but it was, <laughs> we, we were, we looked at them and said, wow, like retirement wasn't guaranteed. All the 401k mm -hmm. stuff they were telling us, like putting money away for a rainy day. I go, they never even got to see the rain. Mm. They never even got to, got to dip into that after all that effort. And then me and my husband looked at each other and we were like, F that, you know, we have, we have retirement savings. We did not go the extreme, yeah. but we said, you know what, what's wrong with living now? We want to eventually retire in Costa Rica. Why the hell not live there now? There's the internet. We can yeah. work remotely. We can do what we want to do. We have technology. It's amazing. Um, I have high-speed fiber optic internet down here with the occasional monkey on a bridge power outage. But <laughs> it's but <laughs> I think overall trade-off though, for sure. Yes. Yes. Yeah. But it's it but it really is a it's an amazing lifestyle down here. And the cultural reason too is because during COVID, nobody had a mask on because there were no windows and doors most places. It's just kind of like <laughs> beach bars and picnic yeah. tables. And we were like, and it was so refreshing because people walk to each other's houses. They say hello. They make eye contact. They say good morning. There are kids playing outside that don't have phones. And mm. it made us realize like how much we miss the simplest things, which is just walking down to the store, saying hello to three people on the way, getting honked at by the cab driver who knows you. Um. And like having that like having that experience yeah. and i said why do we crave this so much like why do we feel like we miss this and why it, it made me have a stark contrast and then getting home to america i felt the stress in the air it feels different so that was actually a real big reason why we've we've been splitting our time is this is kind of a recharge for us to be here mm. and how long and you said you've been there for a few years now yeah through about three years now so yeah. we moved here in 2020 and i spent most of 2021 here uh, most of the pandemic we spent down here watching the news from another country, which is quite interesting. Oh, I bet. And do you have kids? Or We do not. Any plans? Uh, hopefully, but to be yeah. determined. Nice. Well, honestly, I can't think of a better place to be with my wife slash whoever you're into than Costa Rica, honestly. Um, just, like you mentioned, I think the work culture in the United States, it's great. I mean, we're titans of industry um but it you it does bleed through to everything and you you really see it when you go to you know uh, we were just in greece for a little while um and same thing like we were on some of the small islands and just you could tell it's just so much more leisurely so much slower so much 
like it's just a better experience for sure. And I'm I'm jealous of the people who are you know doing the whole really doing the digital life. Um, I'm sure I'll get there at some point. I I do enjoy the value of being in an office and like building a good community because I get to be impactful in like a leadership position to like build and foster a, a good community of people who are working hard, but they just it, they're happy to be there um, and they're all mission driven and all that kind of stuff. But you know there is definitely value in getting some rest and recharge outside of you know a very industrious United States. Yeah, I would say the the biggest blessing is having a choice. Yes. That like we have that we all have the choice that if we want to pursue that we can. If we want to have an office we can. You know, if I wanted to rent out an Airbnb for a week somewhere in the United States and call the whole team and say we're doing a pop-up office. Come on mm-hmm. in and let's oh, meet cool. in person and just work with each other. I could do that, right? Like there's just so many unbridled options of what you can do and I think that's the most it's the most exciting time to be alive and to be working in my opinion because we have so many choices in front of us on how we do it. We don't have to play by anyone else's rules. A hundred percent. So what would you say to somebody who's working in corporate America, similar to yourself, and wants to make the jump? Or like, how, better question, tell me about that first year and that transition. Oh, yeah. So, okay. So um, so I was, I was working a, a director job with, overseeing a team of nine. So there's context there. So there was a big like... Oh boy, everyone's going to hate me. Uh, Sorry, guys. But what I realized was, and it was unique to me because I had a tax season coming up where I was quite busy. And I said, I can't do tax season and do, I I can't do tax season in the side gig and do a Mm full-time job. I'm going to crash and burn. I was already burning out so bad. I was working Mm -hmm. 12, 14 hour days. And so really quick, you already had your side gig on this at this point. Yes. So I worked until the end of 2021 in a corporate job and Mm -hmm. I had started my side gig in 2019. So I was two years in balancing both and working crazy hours and it was a lot. But what I did was I I decided, I said, I'm going to do a cash flow forecast, literally pulled my accounting toolkit (laughs) out. And I sat with my husband, who's also an entrepreneur. I sat with my husband and I said, listen, if you, if you let me, like if we if we both agree, not that I needed my permission, but I said if you if you agree that I can quit this job, then and we have we have a good amount in savings, we're gonna be okay. If you give me six months till June to go all in on this, because I'm making this much money working fifteen hours a week, ten hours a week, if I can do forty or more, like I could kill this. But I need to be able to do that. I'm at a ceiling where the amount of time I can spend, I can only get this much done. So I, I need to open more time up and I need to quit the job. And I said, if I can't make this happen, this particular financial goal, if I can't hit this revenue target by June, I will get another job. But it ain't this one. But I need that six months to prove it. And that was the best thing I could have done because it was basically a low risk deal of a contract with my husband to say, look, I get it. I'm supposed to be the safe source of income because you're the entrepreneur. But I think I can prove that this will work if you let me go all in and up for six months, I'll prove it to you. But it was also su- such a fire under my butt to get it done because I was like, I need to prove it. <laughs> <laughs> you the so that was too. a big like reason. That, yeah. I think a lot of people enter into entrepreneurship with no clear, like not a deadline, but no clear target, right? You said, I'm going to yeah, no myself- mission of, of like a milestone that you're going to hit. Like it's a lot of this open-ended reactive management mm-hmm. of the business. And I think that when you have like 
you know where that peak is going to be. Maybe you're climbing Everest, but you're like, I know where the next camp is. Mm -hmm. That is really helpful because if you set your goals too far and too wide, they'll feel unattainable forever. But you have to be able to set something that's like, in the next six months, I'm going to do this. Mm -hmm. Even the next six days, I'm going to do this. You have to just keep it at that incremental one step at a time. But always have a vision for where you want to be in a certain number of months and then scale that back to incremental action steps so that you know that you've hit that point and you can celebrate it. Totally. And was there ever a time in the business where you've had to pivot? Oh, definitely. Yeah. Um, I started doing bookkeeping and tax and I started kind of becoming an order taker. This is one Mm -hmm. of my biggest lessons in business is that uh, you don't have to be an order taker. You can serve whatever you want on your menu. So what happened was if you picture like a restaurant, somebody comes into like an Italian restaurant and says, will you make me a cheeseburger? And they're like, well, no, it's not on our menu. It's like, but you have ground beef, cheese, meat, and bread back there. Can you make me a burger? Old Shannon was like, you're right. I do have those ingredients. I can go make that for you. That's fine. And then you realize, oh, but they keep coming back. Mm-hmm. And they keep asking for that. And it's not on my menu. And I haven't trained my chefs on how to do that. So now I have to do it because I signed us up for this. Oh, God. <laughs> and I'm like, and you, and what you do is when you deviate from the menu of what you want to be doing, it's like I opened an Italian restaurant not because I wanted to make burgers. Yeah. So what I realized was I, I said, you know what? I have to just stick with the menu and go, this is what we do. I don't have to. It's not some type of value-added thing for me to get a yes out of someone. Not everybody is an ideal client. So if somebody says, this is what I'm looking for, I don't have an obligation to offer that. I can say, that is great. I know someone who can do that for you and refer them out to someone else and have an abundant Mm -hmm. mindset on competition and say, this is a collaborator that can take the work that I don't want to do because it brings them joy and it's on their menu. Love it. And I can, and I can actually work with them as opposed to feeling like I have to hoard and collect all the clients for myself and do what they want. 